episode 19 and we're back with sup fm and we've got Ika france from holland he's just finished the sup, the 11, city sup tour. 11 city tour the sup 11 city tour from 2015 and he came first but um, like he did last year he came second but as he said himself it's not against it's not so much about racing other people it's about racing yourself and he also said that he was a little bit crazy to do this what do you think Aloha and welcome to SUP FM, the podcast for stand-up paddleboarders everywhere. So with no further ado, let's get out on the water and on with the show. Here are your hosts, Nick and Simon. Hi, Aika. It's great to have you on SUP FM. Thanks so much for coming by. Hello. How are you doing? You okay? Where are you at the moment, actually? Well, I'm in Holland. I'm in the north northwest part of Holland. That's where I live, and that's where I'm at at, at, at home. Okay, like because technically, um, Netherlands is divided up into different provinces, and Holland is one of them. Is that correct? Yeah, we have two Hollands in Holland. We have the North Holland, that's where I live, and we have South Holland, and that's another province. And we have 12 provinces, and, they are, and the North Holland is in the Northwest. Okay, and Friesland, where about is that? Friesland is, is uh, the, we have a big lake in the middle of Holland. It's called the IJsselmeer, and I have to, we, there's a dike, and you, that's 30 kilometers long, so you drive from North Holland to Friesland over the dike, and then you're there. Okay, so Friesland is more or less in the middle of Holland, right? Of Netherlands. Nah, Friesland is, more in the north yeah in the north okay. yeah and that's where the legendary 11 cities tour has just um has just been run right yeah that's the grueling 220 kilometers uh circle there yeah 11 cities that's crazy because so, so can you tell us a little bit about the history of the of the 11 cities sub race sure uh, yeah, the 11 cities is a uh, ice skating tour and if they ice skate it now in modern day they, they the fast guys do it in eight hours and if you do it on a sub it takes me uh, 28 and a half hours to do the same uh, route so that's uh, a big difference between the ice skating and the supping but uh, yeah, it, it, it's all it's really old i think it's already 100 years old the the ice skating tour yeah and the supping is just began in 2009 now 2011 okay. yeah yeah. Now it was the, the first sub race was in 2000, I think 2009 or 2010. Okay. Um, but this, um, I, re- I was reading about this 11 cities ice skating uh, thing, and it's, um, apparently it only ran last in 1997. Is that because there's a lack of ice or, or something? Or what? Yeah, that's because there's a lack of ice. Yeah, because the, the, the tour is so long, and it, it's like you have narrow canals, natural style, and you have these hand duck canals. And, and those are wide and deep for big ships, and it, it takes a long time for them to, to freeze. So uh, yeah, it, it, it takes a while. It, it has to be cold for a long time, and then we have the ice over the 220 kilometers, and that doesn't happen all that often anymore. Okay, because yeah, that obviously must be a bit scary if you're skating along and you know the guys could drop into the water. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think two years ago, all, almost run the, the ice skating tour, almost. But then, uh, of course, people did it on their own account, you know, that they just went skating and when the ice was not thick enough. And then you see all those YouTube YouTube clips that they go through the ice and that they don't make it. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did you get involved in, um, should we go, how, how you got involved in stand-up paddle first and then and how you got involved in the 11 Cities tour? Yeah, it's, it's sort of the same. 
because uh, a friend of mine, because the first 11 city that was run, the, the shopping one, uh, Anna-Marie did it first all alone. She's the founder, Anna-Marie Reichmann. And uh, she, she tried it on a 12-6 and, and, and she made it, of course. And then she decided, let's do a five-day race. And then she invited 16 people. And, and there was Connor Baxter and um, yeah, more, uh, famous guys, you know, uh, shopping guys. And there were yeah. 16 of them. They were invited. And then she ran the, the first SOP 11 cities uh, in an invitational. And they all made it. Then a friend of mine also participated that year. And he came back and he said, Ike, you have to get into the shopping thing. And I said, no. And it, it, it looked a bit dull. And I said, nah, I think there's nothing for me. And he borrowed me a board and I tried it. And he said, you have to participate in the 11 cities next year. Yeah. And then I was hooked. You know, I tried it for five times. I did my first small race. And then I started training for the 11 cities. And that was how I get into shopping. Can you remember the, the very first time you actually stepped on his board or on a, on a board? Yeah, I remember it. I, I asked my friend, I said, hey, do I need to wear a wetsuit? He said, no, 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 no. On a board like this, you don't need to wear a wetsuit. So uh, I, I took, the, it was a, I think it was a 12-6 Nash, and I took it out on, 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 on the canal here in Schagen, in my hometown, and I was just wearing uh, uh, yeah, sport clothes, no wetsuit, and I got on the board, and then it was pretty stable, and then I started supping, and then in the beginning, it was, I did it with no wind, and then I thought, okay, I have to go, yeah, well, every single three days or something, I have to go on the board. And then I went on the board and then with wind. And then it was a, a different story. You know, the downwind stuff that was pretty easy. But then going upwind with the 12.6, that was that was pretty hard in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, from from the 12.6, I went to a, 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 what was it? a, a starboard uh, K15, the classic one. And then I, I, I used that for two years, I think. And then and then really it, it took off because on the 12.6, you don't have that gliding feeling. And on the uh, on the K15, you, you, you definitely have. So oh. that, uh, and then I went. How wide is that K15? Do you know more or less how wide it is? What is it, about 26 inches wide or something? Yeah, I don't know. It, I think it was like 73 centimeters. I don't know that one in inch. Okay. No, no, I know. Yeah, I only. I, at, at, at that stage, it was, you know, the 15 foot was important. How wide it was, it was not important yet. <laughs> yeah. That's 28 inches in, um, in, uh, in 73 centimeters is 28.7 inches. The board I'm using at the moment is like 23. So that's, wow. that's, a, that's a big difference. Yeah. In five years of time. <laughs> yeah. It must be quite difficult to balance on that 23 inch. Yeah, well, but if you stand on it every single day, then that, then it's not that hard. You know, in the beginning it's hard, sure. but uh, the more hours you put in, it, the easier it gets. So at the moment, and that's what you used for for this eleven cities was the twenty three inches, and it's what is it, um, fourteen foot or what? Yeah, fourteen foot, uh, twenty three wide. Yeah, uh, 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 starboard sprint. Okay. So now the, with the eleven cities tour, I know that it started with um, a five day event and, and you divided up into stages. And then in 2014, um, I'm not sure if it was, I suppose, Anne Marie decided to do it non stop. Um, and did you did you start on the non stop section or did you do the the five stages first? No, I did the five day uh, stage first. I, I did that three times. Three, yeah, three times I, I completed the race, um, and then there were like three people who did uh, non-stop on their own, uh, w- without a race. They just did it by themselves. There was the first guy, and it was Bart Stewart. He, he put a he made he put a record. There was the Why first did guy he start to do that? Uh, yeah, well, the ice skating tour is in one go, and 
uh, they, they do the 11 cities walking, uh, cycling, uh, with, a, with a car, with a motor. They, they do the 11 city tours in different ways. But it's it's all in one go, and uh, only the sub one was in five days. So the, okay. they, yeah, they wanted to do it in one go, like the ice skating tour does. Excellent. And so Bart de Swart was the one of the first to do it. No, Bart de Swart was not the first. Uh, I forgot his name. Uh, who did it first? Shit. Yeah, it comes later. There, there were three people yeah. before the race who did it, and uh, Bart de Swart was the second one. And then we had uh, a lady, and she was the first and a lady and. Yeah, this year there was another lady who finished it. So there are two ladies and a few men who did the non-stop. Okay. And obviously with it becoming a non-stop race, it becomes the longest sub race in the world, the longest non-stop race in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think is, so. Uh -huh. And um, yeah. so, when, so you've done it twice, did you say? Yeah, I've done it twice. L last year was the first time. In 2014, it was the first race. And mm -hmm. then 12 people started, uh, uh, and then eight finished. And then it was Arnaud, a Belgian guy who lives in Chile. He was really, really fast. And he has, I think, the record with, uh, it was 26 hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's pretty fast, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is pretty fast, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that really fast. Yeah, then I became second. Yeah, and then and then you know that that guy, he was so fast. He had such a nice strategy. His brakes were really short, and he didn't break. He didn't have that much brakes, and I had more brakes and longer. Yeah, so mm -hmm. uh, I, I could. Are you talking about this year now, or are you talking about? No, last that was year? last year. That was last year. Okay, that was last year. Okay, so yeah. as far as this year goes, can can you try and take us? through exactly how it happened i mean um is it far away from your house do you have to drive through there um up up to friesland and then and how how did it happen sort of uh, did you start early in the morning or what well, how did it happen yeah it's well it's an hour and a half drive from my house to leerwater and leerwater is like the capital city of friesland and then uh there are some big boats they're already 100 years old and then people sleep on the boats for the five days and we had the skippers meeting on that on a, on a boat like that the evening before the race so i already went to friesland the evening before and then uh, we started uh, i think at nine now we wanted to start at eight and then there was a thunderstorm with lightning and everything so they postponed the race and then the lightning passed, and then we we, had, we they postponed the race for an hour, and then we started at nine, I think, at nine. At nine a.m. Yeah. the next morning. Yeah. Nine a.m. the next morning we started. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but th this year three people participated, and uh, the, the the weather conditions were were predicted really rough. So uh, there were thunderstorms and there was rain predicted. But the, the the funny thing was in the beginning the wind was in our favor so we started it's like a big oval the the it's a it's a really it's a circumnavigation the 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 tour there's a little detour to Dockham that that goes sort of off the circle you go back and forth and then back to the circle and then you finish in Leeuwarden okay. and uh, yeah the wind was in our favor so we started in Leeuwarden and we had the wind in our backs going to the south and then in the bottom of the oval you go more to the west and then the wind turns more to the east so we had the wind in our backs in the bottom of the tour and then uh, at, at the bottom of the oval where you go up again to the north then the wind turned again and it turned south so it pushed us north only then it, it became dark and then and then the wind turned headwind and the wind got stronger and yeah and then and then it was a different story but the, the first hundred kilometers were like they, they were really good there was one moment that was a thunderstorm coming 
in uh, Stavore, that's one of the 11 cities. And then we had to uh, take shelter to, and, you know, under a, a concrete bridge and there was lightning and there was a lot of water coming down. And then, you know, they stopped the time because that was where we had to stop. Every, every participant had to come off the water and just have a break and, and go for shelter. And then I was out of the race for like 20 minutes and then we were allowed to continue again. But from, apart from that thunderstorm, it was a really good day. You know, there was some, some wind in the back. And then, yeah, it was the first 100 kilometers were like really, really good. But the second mm. 120 kilometers, they were a bit different. Yeah. Right. Because it turned dark. Is that main, the main reason? No, no, no. The, the dark part is not the problem. The, the, the problem was that the wind turned to headwind. We had headwind. So mm. that's in the north part of the tour, you call them the hell, the hell of the north. Because in the wintertime, um, um, the prevailing winds are like east. And then the, the, like the top of the oval, you go from west to east. And that's a long way. That's the longest stretch from um, Harlinger to Dokkum. That's really, really far. I think, it's, I think that's, that's 100 kilometers on the top. And then you have the prevailing winds from the east. Yeah, and then we, we also had headwinds uh, during the night. And they were pretty strong. So that was, yeah, that was painful. So what do you what do? you do? I mean, are you allowed to lie down and prone paddle or not? No, 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 no. You have to, it's called <laughs> SUP. So you have to, uh, yeah. no, you have to stand. No, no, no. You're not allowed to sit. No, no. Uh-huh. It's quite tough. But you know, I'm just thinking about navigating because I was reading something and that you actually have to navigate quite a lot. It's not just one river that you, you have to take a few turns here and there. And how do you manage that at night time? No, I, because it's a race. They they have uh, this year was really good organized by the Eleven City Tour. They had these lights with arrows, so the arrows were like from big to small, like moving towards the direction you had to go. So it's it's pitch dark uh, because it's like the it's only grass and so it's really dark and you see the lights already from really far away. So the navigating stuff is easy. Oh, excellent. Was it always that ca- always the case, or um, has that just recently changed in a few in the last few years? No, the the, the first uh, the, the first year it was a, a, a white light. You saw a white light in the distance, and you, you then you know that there's going to be a, a change of direction. And then there was a red light towards the direction where you had to go. So when you were sort of on a T-junction, you go towards the white light. And when you got to the white light, you look left or you look right. And then on the right side, you saw a red light. And then you had to go towards the red light and then you took the turn. And mm-hmm. this year it was with arrows. So this year was better than, than last year. Mm-hmm. And you said there were only three people on the, on, the, on the total tour. Yeah, this year there were only three people, yeah. yeah. Why was that? Because of the yeah, weather was, predictions? Uh, no, four, four. Because one quit. It was a Frenchman, he stopped in Franeke. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, another male and a female from the UK. Yeah. Okay. And and why do you think it was so few people? Because I mean, the year before there was twelve people or thirteen. Did you say? I think. Um, and why do you think it was so few? Because of the weather predictions, or what was that? Yeah, I think the, I think the first year, uh, all the Dutch people who really wanted to do the eleven cities nonstop, they did it last year, and and most of the people made it all the way to the finish line. And, and the, the weather last year was was perfect. There was no wind. It was warm. Uh, also, uh, throughout the night, you, you, you could go in your T-shirt the day and night. And yeah, this year was different. So you, during the day, you could go in a T-shirt. But during the night, it was raining and it was windy. And you, you had to uh, have warm clothes on. So mm-hmm. it was different. It was just different. You know, last year it was sort of easy. And then this year, you know, the, the weather elements, they... Uh, 
they made it even harder. Well, so it's even more of an amazing achievement that you managed to come second. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. The, the first year I got second, and the, and the second year I, I I was the first one crossing the finish line. Yeah, but yeah, there was only two males and one female yeah. participating, so it was not. But if you do the eleven city tour uh, nonstop, it's actually a race against yourself because you cannot um, adjust to the speed of, from somebody else. You know, if you, if you want to go as fast as a guy who goes faster than you, then you're going to burn yourself up and you're going to. And you're not going to make the 220 kilometers. So the the, right. the 11 city tour, the non-stop, the 220 kilometers, you do it in your own pace, and you take your breaks when you want to take a break, and and somebody else takes a break at, at another stage. You can never do the same race as somebody else does. That's impossible. So Aika, how did you find your rhythm? Like, um, how did you work out how long it takes you to to paddle? And you just you go until you're exhausted, and then you stop and break, or have you got a set training regime or a set sort of racing regime? Yeah, yeah, you have a set pace. Yeah. During training, you you find you 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 find out what 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 the pace is. So my pace is sort of like uh, I can go 8.8 kilometers per hour for a really really long time. Let's say in the first 100 kilometers, I could go eight and a half kilometers per hour up till nine, and then after 100 kilometers, your speed goes down a little bit because it turns night, and uh, yeah, in the dark you don't pedal as hard as in the light, and then your speed goes down to sort of like eight, and then it it, it the daylight comes again and then the speed picks up again the, the your speed is going to pick up again because you're going to be you're almost there so you know then you, you already smell the the layer water again uh-huh. and then your speed picks up so it's 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 the this year it was the same curve as last year your speed goes up so nine eight eight and a half nine and then during the end of the race you go eight yeah uh, that's kilometers. still quite a pace i mean eight to eight to nine kilometers per hour is quite a pace to keep up it's yeah, fast it is. yeah that's yeah. fast yeah but that's yeah. I train uh, I train every other day, and then you just try to train that that that. I train that pace. That the you know you find out what technique you have to use because I also found out that if you if you go if you go up to eight and a half kilometers per hour, all everything is fine. You don't strain your hands. You don't strain any anything. But if you if if you go to a pace that's like nine kilometers per hour, that then I get blisters on my hands, and then you know you strain yourself. So it's it's always a fine line. If, if I do the race, the 11 CD tour nonstop, then I have a, a, a speed watch, so I can I can I can see my um, uh, the speed I'm going. So if I go mm-hmm. too fast, then I know that I'm gonna burn myself up. So then I, I then my speed goes down again. You know. That's incredible yeah. that it's so such a fine line between that. That's amazing. Yeah. Have you yeah. found that many of the other guys are, are similar to that as well, or do they have completely different styles? Completely different styles. Yeah. Like the first year, I, I, I copied Bart the Swart. I went up to Bart and I said, Bart, how, how did you do it? Well, he said, well, I did. I, did, I, had, I He had like uh, 10 breaks from 10 to 15 minutes. I'm like, okay. Well, that was my that was the strategy from last year. So I said, that, that's what I'm going to do. So I trained for that. And then my mindset was also to do that. And then that Arnold, you know, he I, I was I was pedaling pretty fast in the beginning last year. And then Arnold, I, I was having a really nice and sort of long break. And then Arnold came into the city and then he straight away, he pedaled out again. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, okay, 45 kilometers without stopping. Okay, that's that's pretty, pretty cool. And then, and then, you know, he, and then when he stopped, he stopped for like three minutes. So I did like 10 breaks for like 10 to 15 minutes. And he did, uh, I think five breaks from three minutes. So that, that's a difference. Mm. Yeah. And then we have this uh, Mike, that was the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the other male person, uh, who participated this year. 
he, he takes breaks whenever he feels like having a break. So when he's tired or when he's hungry or he's thirsty, he calls out to his crew because he, he has a, like a sort of a land crew following him with a car. And then he phones them and he says, okay, we, I want to break there and there. And then they're there and then he eats or gets a small massage. Or So that's a complete different strategy. You know, everybody does it in his own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you have um, some backup crew as well to give you massages and food and stuff? No, this year I didn't. But but it's uh, last year I had uh, last year I had one guy following me, and then we al- I already said to him I want to break it there, and I want to break there, and I want to break there, and he said okay that's fine. So I had these uh, I had a box full of uh, food, and I had a chair, and uh, and he my chair and the food was always there when I wanted. So I. When I came, I could sit in the chair and then have my food. But this year was a bit different. This year, I decided to do it unsupported, to go just only use the, the people who organized the race to get my food to certain places. And they did. But uh, then in Harling, then you have uh, another 120 kilometers to go or 100 kilometers to go to the finish. And then it turned, it turned dark and I didn't, have, I, I didn't have anybody supporting me. And then... Um, I had a friend, Buddy, Buddy Dalma. He just ran alongside the shore. He said, hey, Ike, how are you doing? And it was already dark. And he said, oh, I'm doing fine. And then uh, I said, why are you here? Are you going to race tomorrow? Are you going to do the five day? He said, no, man, I'm here for you. I'm going to get you through the night. I'm like, huh? Oh, awesome. <laughs> but I, was, I was really feeling good at that moment. So I thought, okay, yeah. well, it's fine that he's here. So I said, okay. So he was there and he took all my food in his car. And then he, he started following me. But then in um, Franeker, I was a bit grumpy. You know, I could already recognize it. And then you have another 65 kilometers to go to the finish. So in, in Franeker, he was there and I was, I was grumpy. You know, I was only having negative thoughts. It's cold and I have headwind when I leave here. And I, I was only having negative thoughts. And then he said, no, I take it easy. You know, you just go for a little bit and then you'll make it. And then I got a little bit nauseous. How do I stop this nausea feeling? You know, I want to I wanna get rid of it. So the only thing was on my mind was to stop the race. And then I also had the feeling that I had to throw up. So I saw him again after Franeker and I, had, I did another 10 kilometers with a lot of headwinds, strong headwinds. And I, I went to, up to his car and I said, hey man, buddy, I said, I, I don't feel well, you know, I feel nauseous, I, I, I think I have to throw up. He said, well, I, if you think you have to throw up, you have to throw up. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, he said, I'm going to turn the car around and then we can sit in the car. So before he turned the car around, I already puked three times and I'm like, shit, I'm like, the race is over now. And then um, buddy said to me, no, I, the race is not over. You're not going to stop. I'm like, okay. And I, I didn't feel well. And then he took the Coca-Cola out and he made a mix of Coca-Cola and water. And it was not much. I think it was a small glass. And then I just took it on my empty stomach. And within 10 minutes, I was back on my board again. And I was uh, pedaling again. It sounds like he's an absolute angel, your buddy. I was so happy that he... That he was there, that he, he, he saved my race this year. Without him, I definitely would have stopped. Yeah. And he wasn't planned at all for him to come and, and be and support you? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. That's I fantastic. didn't plan anything. And he he, he just saw on, on, on the Facebook that I, I participated on the non-stop. And, and he saw that I also didn't have anybody following me. And he, he just came to Friesland. And then he just... Uh, he pulled me through the night. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a wonderful story. It's nice, yeah. to, know, nice to know you've got mates like that. That's good friends. Yeah, um, that's good. They just pop up when you need them. Yeah. What about um, food? Because you talked about food a lot. What kind of uh, nutrition do you use in training and on the tour itself? 
Yeah, um, this year, uh, this year um, during the race, I took too much sugar. So uh, I had I had a lot of uh, quick sugars, like like uh, chocolate, and uh, uh, I didn't have enough uh, uh, the, the the slow stuff, like the oats and the. Yeah, so I, this year my food was not that great, you know. Uh, mm. No, it, it could have been better. Yeah, so the, what did you change next year? Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would eat less, less sugar. I would, I would go more for the slow carbs, not not the, the fast ones. Mm. Yeah, because because you, your body can only absorb so much uh, uh, carbs per hour, but you use a, you you use much more than that. You can never eat against what you use. So um, yeah, if you take too much uh, sugar, then your body will yeah, it will react on it. And it, it wants to get rid of them. You know, yeah, you can, you cannot use too much carbohydrates if you um, during sports. Yeah. So can you recommend any types of foods that people would would um, if they are going to go on a long paddle, like a really long paddle, um, for them to eat? Yeah, I, I would I would I would eat the oats. I would eat uh, uh, a mix of uh, like uh, honey, uh, cinnamon, and coconut oil. Yeah, it's 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 better to use the natural stuff than the yeah than the really sweet stuff because it's if you do a really long race, it's better to adapt your body to use the fat than to use the carbohydrates because the carbohydrates carbohydrates you're going to run out and you can mm -hmm. never eat so much carbohydrates to, to to fill up the tank again so it's better to use the the, the, the fat stuff but then you have to also train to uh, burn the fat instead of the carbohydrates so that's a, that's a different training you know then you have to train with a lower heart rate then with a with a higher heart rate you know and mm -hmm. and i trained with the too high of a heart rate and i only burned uh, carbohydrates and then I, I i advise to to more to burn the fat so you have to adjust the training Okay. Yeah. It sounds very technical. I mean, obviously, you know, you're spending, I don't know how much time you actually start training before the race, but you must, well, how many months do you do prepare beforehand? Yeah. You, a whole year. Yeah. Okay. So you're constantly training all the time. Yeah. You, if you, if you want to participate in a nonstop, yeah, I would start training a year ahead, you know, from mm -hmm. zero to, to the race. You can make it in a year, yeah. And have you ever done um, much paddling on the oceans? Because it's obviously, it's I know you've, you've experienced some bad weather this year, but flat water is a whole lot easier than the ocean, isn't it? Yeah, flat water is a whole lot easier than, than on the ocean. But but on, on the non-stop 11 city tour or on the 11 city tour, I think there are, let's count, four lakes you have to cross. So we were lucky that we had like tailwinds, but there are um, some years that you have some sidewind and then you have like chop and that the chop is like 40 centimeters high, 30 to 40 centimeters. And that's not so nice on a narrow race board. Yeah, I was going to say on a 23 inch board, that must be really tough. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Because yeah. I'm just about to do a 150 kilometer paddle um, in the Atlantic Ocean across the Algarve, and ah, okay. um, it's, yeah, it's getting to be November now, and it's uh, the swell's picking up, and it's going to be quite fun. But I'm not going to take a 23 inch board. <laughs> do that. No, no, better not. No. And, and and from from where to where are you going then? Um, well, we're going from Sagres, which is the southwestern corner of Portugal, all the way across to the Spanish border. So basically, we're going all the way across the southern coast, the, the width of Portugal. So. Oh, that sounds very. Very nice. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. So, you're you going to wait. You're going to wait for the right weather. Well, we're going to yeah, we're going to definitely check out the weather for because our prevailing wind is from the west, but um, occasionally we get an easterly wind, which we call the Levant. 
and that could just mess everything up. So we're going to have to check out the weather beforehand to decide which way we're going to start from. But if the weather's too hectic and the swell's too bad, we'll just have to wait it out and, and, and wait a day on the beach and camp on the beach. Okay, and, and you, you talk about we? You're going to go with more people? Yeah, it's myself and another guy called Spike Reed who paddled across the width of England. Um, so I actually interviewed him on SAPFM a few episodes back as well. So we met there and then we're going together. So if nice. you're keen, Ike, I would love to have you down. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. And, 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 and what time do you want to do it? The thing is, I don't really know. I mean, it's old weather dependent because obviously on the ocean, you know, I think the weather is going to be highly dependent. It could be three, four days. It could be, you know, five, six, seven days. You never know. Yeah, okay. But um, that that's the time it takes to do it. Or, or is it the time you want to leave in the three to five or six days? I'm just allowing more or less five days for it. Um, but if it goes to seven days, then that's okay. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it sounds fantastic. Hey. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we're not racing the clock or anything. We're just going to go for the experience just to achieve it and complete it and make a video about it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's going to no, be fun. No, but that's good. It's better, you know. Always racing again. I, I race against the clock many times, but it's, it's much more fun to do, to leave the clock at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And our idea is to have fun. I mean, it's not to, to kill ourselves or anything like that. So we're trying to have fun and enjoy it. And then, you know, once you get a taste of that, maybe we'll join you in the 11 Cities Tour next year. <laughs> yeah, well, that, uh, it is fun. But I, I, would, I would check the weather. You know, if, if it's like, if you really, if they suspect so much headwind as we had, then I, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to do the 220 kilometers. Mm, absolutely. No, I'm looking for tailwinds myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Ike, it's been fantastic chatting to you and, and thank you so much for, for enlightening us about the 11 Cities Tour because it's an incredible race and it's obviously one of the world's best races and a lot of people talk about it and it gets a lot of coverage, which is great. I'm reading a lot about it on subracer.com and it's really awesome to hear your views on it from right in the in the cockpit, as it were. Yeah, and, and, and the non-stop race is like more for crazy people, but the five-day race, the atmosphere on the five-day race is so good that um, this year uh, the non-stop was in, uh, before the five days. So when we finished, everybody was already in Friesland to, to start the, ne the next day with the five-day race. And uh, yeah, I, I, my, my wife said to me, Ike, why don't you stay here in Friesland to, to look at the first day and see how everybody does? And and then I just stayed for one day, and then I stayed for another day, and I stayed for another day, and I stayed for another day, and I stayed for the, <laughs> yeah, I stayed till the last day, and in the last day I pedaled myself again, so I, from Dokkum to to Leeuwarden, and the atmosphere of watching because you you go from bridge to bridge and from from lookout to lookout, and you cheer to everybody. The atmosphere during the five-day race, that's really, really special because you have people from all over the world paddling, and you start cheering in like three languages, and it's like really, really fun. And <laughs> everybody amazing, sleeps on that... boats. Yeah, that's yeah it. so there's a bit of a party at night. Nah, well, everybody really wants to make it all the way back to Leeuwarden again, so nobody's really partying, but, but the atmosphere, you know, everybody wants to do the same thing, and just having fun and paddling uh, through the Dutch landscape, and it, it, it's it's a really, really, really good atmosphere. Yeah, I wanted to go home after the first day, but I stayed for the for the for the five days. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. <laughs> oh, it sounds like an incredible experience. So. Anyway, well, Ika, thanks a lot again, and and well done. It's been fantastic chatting to you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to Sup FM, the number one podcast for stand-up paddlers wherever you are. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until then, we'll see you on the water.